Here we are, post-Turkey Day. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Parker is back in the Brown O'Haver Studios. I am out here at one of my favorite places in the world, the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. It is an OEC Fiber Football Friday. i got to tell you, I just walked through another area out here that has been uh, recently renovated. It looks unbelievable. It looks great. Riverwind, you expect the best, you get the best. That is why they are simply the best. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They have a a world-class poker room, the best bars and dining, the best service, best hotel. They have everything here at Riverwind Casino. And happy to be here again on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving. Parker Thune, how was yours? Mine was great, Steely. I enjoyed Thanksgiving yesterday with the family up in Nebraska. I had to get up at 4 a.m. this morning to make the drive back, so I'm already kind of running on fumes here at noon. But, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Enjoyed some quality turkey. Enjoyed the Thune family recipe cranberries. They're outstanding. Uh, Enjoyed some eggnog because eggnog is officially in season as of today, or as of yesterday, I suppose. So, yeah, all good things, all good things this Thanksgiving. Absolutely, no doubt, and we've uh, we've got a lot to be uh, thankful for with family and friends, and, uh, you know, uh, family at the Ref is awesome as well, and uh, the Ref Army is spectacular. We appreciate you guys and you ladies out there. And uh, you can always reach us again uh, today. We'll be looking forward to all of your texts on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 3439. That's 405-651-3439. Pair of six and five teams going at it tomorrow night. Jones Stadium, Lubbock, Texas. Fox Sports 1 will have the telecast as the Sooners uh, go to Lubbock as a two and a half point favorite against Texas Tech coming up tomorrow night. Let's hear from the uh, first year Red Raiders head coach Joey McGuire on matching up with Oklahoma. You know, really excited to, to play OU. Brent Vittables is a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. He recruited us whenever I was at Cedar Hill. Uh, one of my favorite guys ever to recruit us is on staff is Jeff Levy. I mean, he's a son of a legendary high school coach, a uh, big fan of his dad as I was growing in this profession. And then to be able to see Jeff, it's going to be really good. Um, offensively, they're extremely explosive. They've got a great quarterback. He's playing at a high level. Um, and then they've got a great running back. I think that's almost every week, though, in the Big 12 with the running backs that we get to face. Uh, but they're playing really well. And then defensively, um, you know, they, they're, they're starting to play, uh, I think, at a level that, that uh, Venables wants to play at. They had four turnovers, created four turnovers against OSU last week. Um, you can definitely see how hard they're playing. It's going to be a tough game, but it's going to be a great game. And, you know, we're really excited to, to uh, play on Saturday. There you go, Joey McGuire on Oklahoma. So, uh, Parker Thune, what is the uh, the number one storyline for you coming into this matchup, Oklahoma and Tech, tomorrow night? Oh, gosh. what The number one storyline. Man, it, as much as it sucks to say this, Steely, this game just feels like a very mundane, pedestrian type of matchup. As you mentioned, two 6-5 and five teams that have secured bowl eligibility – and at this point, don't have a whole lot to play for matching up in a regular season finale and what promises to be a very harsh 
uh, weather environment out in West Texas, a 6.30 p.m. kick. And what is, what is a big storyline for this guy? I don't know if any storyline in this game quantifies as big. I mean, what 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 do you think? It like as as you look at this matchup, is anything particularly enticing about it to you? Because to me, I just look at these two teams matching up, and I'm just kind of like, meh, okay. Yeah, it's tough to uh, just find one. By the way, before uh, we talk about that, I need to tell you uh, the uh, the sound you heard there from Joey McGuire was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central has clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri-City location as well. Serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, these full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. That was our Ortho Central clip of the day. You know, I've kind of been digging uh, for that as well, Parker. I mean, obviously, get the win is the number one priority, but storyline, I guess, which quarterback will the Sooners have to deal with the most? Joey McGuire said that Tyler Shuck will start the game. Uh, He's 6'5", pretty good arm, played originally at Oregon, came through the portal to Tech. Then you've got Donovan Smith coming off the bench, uh, who is a uh, multi-dimensional quarterback. He'll throw you the football. Uh, Also, he's got eight picks on the year, but he can also take off and run. We saw what uh, Garrett Green did in the West Virginia game to the OU defense with his legs. And then you've got Baron Morton, who can also play. Joey McGuire said he'd be available. So the Sooners might end up facing... All three of those quarterbacks at some point, they're definitely they're definitely going to face Tyler Shuck. Yeah, and look, none, none of those three guys are world beaters at the quarterback position, right? You look at all three of those guys, and you're like, okay, well, you know what? Oklahoma's defense, if they play their game, they should be able to forge past Texas Tech led by Shuck or Smith or Morton, whoever you end up with. The issue is, Steely, you never know week to week which Oklahoma defense is going to show up because we're less than two weeks removed from this very Oklahoma defense making Garrett Green, the backup quarterback up at West Virginia, look like a Heisman contender. So on paper, Oklahoma's defense should be able to have their way against whoever the Red Raiders quarterback is tomorrow, whether it's one guy or a multiplicity, two or even all three of Morton, Shuck, and Donovan Smith. But at the end of the day, for that to happen, Oklahoma's defense is actually going to have to establish some measure of consistency, especially when it comes to pressuring the quarterback, which they did a really good job of last week. I just question whether it's sustainable based on the breadth of what we've seen to this point in the year from Oklahoma defensively. Yeah, it looked good against Oklahoma State. I know the Cowboys ended up with some uh, yards, of course, but when you hold a team to 13 points in this day and age of uh, college football, you can't be upset about that. And a lot of that was on the offense, uh, especially in the second half when they couldn't get a first down and the defense had to trot back out on the field time and time again last week. I will say this about Tech. They have played, you know, they've been pretty competitive in every game. They haven't been an easy out for anybody. Uh, They beat Texas at home. Their worst game, their only home loss was the Baylor game. They turned it over five times in that game. And that's when we all kind of thought, man, maybe Baylor's finally uh, turning into Baylor again. But, uh, and by the way, Baylor trailing Texas uh, late in the second quarter at DKR 17-12 to right now. That game is underway. But they will give you the football, Parker. None of those quarterbacks has a good touchdown-to-interception ratio. Tyler Shuck, four touchdowns, two picks. Donovan Smith, 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Baron Morton, 
seven touchdowns, six interceptions. So you could get uh, some opportunities uh, for some takeaways uh, for the Oklahoma defense in this game tomorrow night. Yeah, and Texas Tech has never been a great defensive team. Right? We talk a lot about it. It's, it's just kind of been Texas Tech's brand of football for upwards of two decades right now uh, at this point. right? You, they score a decent amount offensively, but they never have been particularly solid on the defensive side of the ball. And so the important thing when you're going up against a program like this that has uncertainty at the quarterback position regarding who is the guy, and all three of those guys have a propensity to turn the ball over, Man, I, I know it's a very fundamental, very basic thing in a football game, but you have to win the turnover battle against a team like this. You have to win the turnover battle against Texas Tech. Because if you don't win the turnover battle, then you leave the door open to get upset on the road at Jones AT&T Stadium. So for Oklahoma, what's going to be crucial is that you take advantage of the opportunities that you are given to turn over the Red Raiders. And again, you rewind to last Saturday, Oklahoma did a really good job of that. When they got hands on footballs through the air that Spencer Sanders put in harm's way, they cashed in on those opportunities. But once again, when you look at what we have seen on a larger scale from Oklahoma to this point in the year, that's kind of the exception and not the rule. Oklahoma has squandered a lot more of those turnover opportunities than they have cashed in on. So was last year the start of a new trend, or it was last week, excuse me, the start of a new trend for Oklahoma defensively, or was it just a blip on the radar, kind of a perfect storm type of scenario? I don't know, but we're going to find out tomorrow evening. No doubt, and uh, pregame tomorrow right here on The Ref, taking you up to the uh, big game in Lubbock tomorrow night, Texas Tech hosting Oklahoma. All right, our opening uh, hour here on Steelman and Thune at noon on The Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans, brought to you by Great Sooner and a big-time company, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They'll do great work for you. Give them a call if you need, uh, you know, your your heating unit works on right now. It's that time of the year, 405 509-3113. That's 405-579-3113. And I always tell you on Friday about uh, the best dentist, I think, in the entire world. I mean, I'm talking about the entire world. Maybe the universe. Maybe the Milky Way galaxy. Maybe there are other galaxies with better dentists. I don't know, because there are like a trillion galaxies out there. But Dr. Tim Brooks, when I lived up in uh, northwest Oklahoma City, Dr. Brooks's office was like five minutes away. Great dude, great dentist, uh, relaxing environment. They've got all the greatest uh, things you're looking for in dentistry. He'll give you a great smile, and uh, any problem that arises, he'll take care of it for you. Like I said, when we were headed to the Bahamas uh, for our vacation over the summer, I got a tooth that flared up on me. I'm like, oh, good, this is going to be a miserable vacation. I rang Dr. Brooks. It was their day off. And on their 24-hour hotline, he got back to me within like 10 minutes, got me what I needed. I was good to go for our trip to the Bahamas. He literally saved that vacation. He'll do great work for you. They're up on North May and Edmond. I'm, I'm in northwest Norman now. It's a 45-minute trip, maybe an hour depending on uh, morning traffic. But I'm not going anywhere else besides uh, Dr. Tim Brooks, North May and Edmond. Check him out online. Tim J. Brooks, DDS.com. That's Tim J. Brooks, DDS.com. Or give them a call to book an appointment at 405 369 5212. 405 369 5212. 
We're just getting warmed up, ladies and gentlemen. My uncle at 120, Brandon Drum at 135. And when we get back right here on the ref, we'll tell you about another commitment for Oklahoma. Jacob Lacey coming through the portal. We'll get into that when we get back here on the ref. All right, we are back. Mike Steely with you here at Riverwind Casino. It is an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Happy to be with you out of here again at one of my favorite places, Riverwind. And uh, like I said earlier today, I got uh, everything hooked up out here just a little bit early today. So I thought, man, I'm going to look at uh, some of the other stuff that's been uh, going on here renovation-wise, and it looks uh, it looks amazing. They're not quite done yet. They're getting close, but it looks Absolutely amazing out here at Riverwind. All right, Sooners tomorrow night in Lubbock looking to get a, another victory and close out the regular season 7-5. and five. Yes, 7-5 and five is not good enough, not even close to good enough at Oklahoma. But Eric Gray, who really has been the Sooners MVP this season, said that Oklahoma really wants to get that seventh win. This week we still got to finish strong. We're trying to preach to the guys that just because we're at sixth win, it's not over. You know what I'm saying? We can't go out and have heartily – you know what I'm saying, go into this game and love it because they're going to be ready to play. It's their senior night. We know we're playing at their place at night, so we got to be ready to play. we got to go in knowing that we got to go in playing like this is our game to go bowl. This is our game to go bowling and have a great game. There you go. And, uh, Parker, you're going to get 42 degrees at kickoff. There's going to be some rain possibly earlier in the day. It looks like that's going to be clearing off. Uh, by game time, at least the last forecast I looked at. The question is, what will the crowd be like? There are going to be a lot of people there, but how many of the students are going to be there because they are not on campus unless a lot of them come back? So uh, the crowd uh, also factor. It's obviously going to be the the tech fans are nuts, but uh, how many of those students are going to be there? We'll see coming up tomorrow night. But let's talk about recruiting. What about Oklahoma? We talked about who they got earlier in the week. Uh, They get... uh, Champ Sanders, then they get Taylor Wine, then they get Kendall Dolby uh, Wednesday afternoon, the uh, the uh, defensive back from NEO, and then uh, word comes out, Oklahoma's also got Jacob Lacey, former four-star uh, defensive lineman coming in from Notre Dame through the portal now. Yeah, how about think? that? How about that, Steely? Four commits in the span of a week for the Sooners. And Lacey, obviously the most recent, he announced – about 2.30 in the afternoon, if my memory serves me correctly, yesterday. So everybody was kind of in a food coma at that point. I I knew it was coming at some point this week or weekend. I didn't know exactly when, so I just kind of rolled over, looked at my phone. I was like, oh, shoot, there's Jacob Lacey committing. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the Notre Dame transfer, as you mentioned, former top 200 overall recruit. He was the number 15 overall defensive lineman in the class of 2019, he's played in 37 games in his career at Notre Dame. Now, he hasn't been insanely productive, but 37 games is 37 games. He's going to bring two years of eligibility to Oklahoma. And if nothing else, he provides depth 
at a position where there's not a whole lot of quality depth right now. You look at the interior defensive line, Kelvin Gilliam is out for the remainder of the year with a shoulder injury. You've got Jalen Redmond, who's been inconsistent. He's When he's good, he's really good, but he's been so inconsistent. Jeffrey Johnson has been MIA at times, most of the time, I would say. Isaiah Coe's done some nice things, but beyond that, I mean, you got Josh Ellison, who hasn't done much. Corey Roberson, who hasn't done much. Jordan Kelly did have himself a nice game on Saturday, and he's going to be back yeah, for a sixth Yeah, he's coming on a little bit. He's going to be back for a sixth year, so... Might be nice if you can squeeze some uh, some good ball out of Jordan Kelly before his time in Norman is up. And then you got a couple young guns in Alton Tarber and Cedric Roberts. Now, obviously, you got Ashton Sanders and Derek LeBlanc coming in. But Lacey provides experience and quality depth on the interior defensive line as you look forward to 2023, a year in which you're definitely not going to have Jeffrey Johnson because he's out of eligibility. You're probably not going to have – well, I shouldn't say probably. There's a chance you won't have Jalen Redmond. His future is uncertain right now. If I had to guess, I would lean toward him leaving for the NFL draft. And I would figure you get at least one, if not multiple, transfer portal guys that are outbound. You get more, at least one guy from that group uh, that's going to be transferring elsewhere in 2023. So Lacey is a really good add at a position of need via the portal for Oklahoma. And again, graduate transfer two years of eligibility, so when he gets on campus in January, uh, he's no doubt a guy that at the very least is going to be able to provide some pointers to some of these exciting young players like Alton Tarber and like Derek LeBlanc, and he's going to compete for meaningful snaps because he played a lot of them at Notre Dame. Yeah, he did, and uh, you're talking about depth, too, and that's important. Jalen Redmond, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Is he coming back? Uh, we'll have a chance to move on to the next level. As you said, Jalen Redman, we've always known the talents there, and he's had medical issues and injuries, and he's he's been really good at times. Like, all right, there's Jalen Redman right there. And then there are times where, you know, he's just uh, not showing up as much as you would uh, hope. I, I do think the talent is there for him, but we'll see. They certainly can use another body there for sure. All right. Does the uh, Somebody was asking me this today. And I said, I'll ask Parker. I don't think it makes any difference. I think that'll be his answer, but I'll go ahead and ask him. Uh, if Notre Dame keeps winning, let's say they beat USC tomorrow night, 6.30 on ABC, Notre Dame would close out the regular season at 9-3 and three after a horrific start where they lost to Marshall and Stanford early in the year. And people are thinking, oh, man, this, is, this Marcus Freeman experiment is not working out. Uh, Notre Dame winning – does that help Notre Dame maybe no, hang on to Peyton no, Bowen? Or no, you th- you still no, think That's what I thought, no. yeah, that you would say that. But I guess people are looking for a reason for Oklahoma maybe to be disappointed down the stretch on this deal. But you, you still think Notre Dame, it's it, it, it's almost no way it's Notre Dame. No, I, I, I thought it's no way it's Notre Dame for like six months, Steely, and I'm not, I'm not budging on that. It's It's – do these people want to find a way for Peyton Bowen to stick with Notre Dame? I guess so. It kind of feels yeah, that way, I guess it? The, the text was, Steely, Notre Dame's probably going to beat USC. Ask Parker if that helps their chances with Bowen. I'm like, all right. I are think we, I know what he's going to say, but I'll ask. Are we saying Notre Dame is probably going to beat USC? Is that a prevailing thought? Because that, that's what that, that's what my buddy said, yes. Listen, I, I doubled up on Notre Dame this week in the Ref Royal Rumble, 
Uh, I have them as my lock and my upset, but still, Notre Dame probably going to beat USC. I can think of many. I, I, th- I and I think most would tend to disagree. But hey, I'm all for it. If Marcus Freeman can be the one to knock Muleshoe out of playoff contention, everybody's better off, at least in the Oklahoma circle, uh, if that is the case. But man, I tell you what, I tell you what, that's going to be an interesting football game because. I'm 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 very curious to see how that that USC offense fares going up against what is a very solid Notre Dame defense because what do we know about Lincoln Riley's offenses? Right, they go up against a talented and well coached defense, the likes of Marcus Freeman's unit at Notre Dame. They faltered in years past. Yes, they have, and we'll see. By the way, I got another. Uh, this was a nice holiday tweet, uh, Steely. You said Riley made a horrible decision to go to SC. How are you feeling about that now with your boy Brent about to go 6-6? Six and six? Well, I never said that Lincoln Riley made a horrible decision to go to USC. In fact, I said USC is a sleeping giant. The only way you can go is up based on where they were. And you've got a chance you get the right guy in there to make USC really good again, particularly, you know, uh, we had no idea they were going to be heading to the Big Ten. Maybe we should have, uh, you know, spec- I think we did a little bit, but we didn't think that was going to happen uh, quickly. But, look, it, I never – ever said it was a horrible decision i said lincoln riley's going to win a lot of games there there's no doubt the question is can he win a national championship i said he went about it in a horrible way and the way that he left was the problem that i had with that whole situation i don't think he handled it well and you can talk about well what's he supposed to say with december you know signing period and everything he still didn't leave in a classy way he basically said that in the game, in the interview, right? Where he said, I wish I could have it back, but I can't get it back, you know. But I never said it was a horrible move. I, was it a surprising move? Yes. Normally, you don't see a coach at a blue blood program leave one for another. Now, you did see Brian Kelly did it too, though, but guess what? The agent for both of those guys is Trace Armstrong. But I never said it was a horrible move for Lincoln Riley. I said it was a really bad and a horrible way to leave Oklahoma the way he did. So there you go. So there you go. Okay. Um, so Parker, when are you uh, when are you headed out for Lubbock? Uh, I think it'll be, early in the uh, morning. Yeah, I think I'll be headed out in the morning sometime. I uh, I've already spent seven hours on the road today. I gave a passing thought to just sucking it up and driving out to Lubbock this evening, and I said, you know what? No, I want to have a good night of sleep beforehand. So that's what I'm going to do. Apparently there's also supposed to be snow out in West Texas today. So hopefully the snow rolls through and clears up by the time these two teams hit the gridiron tomorrow evening at 6.30. Although it would be interesting to watch OU and Texas Tech play a snow game. Kind of be a fun, bizarre way to cap off the 2022 campaign, wouldn't it? A game in the snow. I'm always in favor of a snow game. I am always in favor of a snow game. I'm also in favor of mud games, but we don't have mud games anymore. But the old NFL and college football, when the uh, everybody had natural turf and uh, it wasn't uh, the agronomy wasn't uh, what it is today, and you would just see some absolute mud bass out there. No, so I'm in favor of the elements playing a huge role in any football game. So yes, I would be 
all for that, no doubt. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. That is our number in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll start getting to your text when we get back. My uncle at 120, Brandon Drum talking sooner recruiting at 135. All of that coming up on this Friday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. We are back. They are playing football right now in Austin, Texas at DKR, and Baylor has uh, taken the lead against the Longhorns. It is 19-17 in favor of Baylor. A uh, Blake Shapin to Ben uh, Sims touchdown pass has Baylor out in front now at halftime, 19-17 over Texas. So, you know, even though the Sooners get a 49 to nothing beatdown and a nightmare of a game in the Cotton Bowl, Parker, Oklahoma wins tomorrow night, Baylor wins today. Both teams finish the regular season 7-5. and five. There you are. Which says a lot, doesn't it, about the state of the University of Texas football program, the fact that Oklahoma can have their worst year in a quarter century and get beat 49 to nothing at the hands of Texas. And I, I get that Dylan Gabriel was out of the game. I get that Oklahoma really didn't have an offensive game plan because of uh, the lack of a competent quarterback, but still, the fact that Oklahoma can get beat forty-nine to nothing by the Texas Longhorns, the fact that the Longhorns can come into a season like this in twenty twenty-two with dark horse college football playoff expectations on their shoulders, and Oklahoma, like I mentioned, can turn in their worst season as a football program in upwards of twenty years, and yet at the end of it all, they have the exact same record. That speaks to. <laughs> what the standards are right now at the University of Oklahoma versus the University of Texas. And by the way, I don't know if there is a more damning indictment of the University of Oklahoma's defense, Steely, than the fact that they're the only defense in the year of our Lord 2022 to make Quinn Ewers look like a competent quarterback. Yeah, Quinn Ewers has uh, struggled. He got uh, a horrible play by him, got uh, trapped in the end zone and ended up in a safety there. Sark was lighting him up. Uh, but Texas, again, down to Baylor 19-17 to at halftime in Austin. And, yes, B. John Robinson did go through senior day festivities. He ain't coming back, folks, so you won't have to deal with him again uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, other games right now, Tulane leading Cincinnati 13-10 to at halftime. That game in Cincinnati. Later today, uh, 2.30 games, Arizona State at Arizona. Arkansas at Missouri, 2.30 on CBS. You've got NC State at North Carolina, uh, 2.30 on ABC. Nebraska and Iowa, that's a Big Ten uh, network game at 3 o'clock. Uh, 3 o'clock on Fox today. You've got UCLA playing at Cal. Later tonight, 6.30 on ABC. Florida at Florida State. Hey, and let's not forget, let's not forget, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to get home in time to see the second half of this game, most of it this match, rather. Team USA and England in the World Cup today over in Qatar. 
again, how about Iran beating Wales 2-0 today? So interesting result there that probably helps Team USA. Uh, but Team USA, an underdog against England. That match uh, kicks at 1 o'clock today in the World Cup. Hey, we also have Sooner basketball tonight. Oklahoma and Seton Hall playing in the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando. Uh, yesterday, many of you probably saw, unless you were napping, you had your uh, Thanksgiving Day nap underway. The Sooners beat Nebraska in the opening round, 69-56. to Tanner Grove, 17 points. Jacob Groves, 16 points. Grant Sherfield had 10 for Oklahoma. And they will play Seton Hall uh, tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN2, after their win yesterday over Nebraska by 13 points. Seton Hall beat Memphis 70-69 to on a crazy banked-in uh, three at the buzzer. So the Pirates and the Sooners tonight. Here's Porter Moser talking about Oklahoma's win yesterday over Nebraska. Yeah, I thought our guys came out um, offensively, um, made some shots confident. I thought we moved it, shared it. Um, you know, we hit a low. They went to that tandem zone, which ended up going man-to-man after two, three passes. But uh, I felt I felt defensively we, we stayed in the game. I mean, I think they really, um, you know, they, they dominated the, the, the game from the foul line. You know, there's always that game within the game. And for them to, you know, shoot 19 to our three and usually, usually win that battle on the foul line. Um, I thought down the stretch, uh, I think we, we, with the exception of that last play, I think we scored close to seven out of eight or seven out of nine possessions in a row. There you go, Sooners and uh, Seton Hall uh, tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. you got the Thunder in action tonight at the Paycom Center, taking on the Chicago Bulls at 7 o'clock uh, tonight as well. Parker, you want to get to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line? Uh, the question is, Steely, do you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? I, I do. Okay, and, I, just, I, just wanted really to make sure, I just wanted to make sure because people, many, oh, are, no. many are asking about the photo that made it to social media yesterday of a young Mike Steely in a USC shirt. Guy from Geyer says, who am I listening to again? Is this the traitorous Mike Muleshoe Steely? <laughs> you know, we went over to my mom's house for Thanksgiving, and uh, we were going through an old family album, and it was like, I, I heard when I flipped to that page the uh, sound effect from the movie Psycho. You know, we and I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. So, yes, we have family out in uh, Torrance, California. And uh, one of them is uh, the husband is it's my mom's cousin. And the husband is a USC grad and the wife is a UCLA grad. So when we went out there as kids, I remember that trip because we went to both bookstores to get souvenirs. You can see my brother in that picture right there in front of me off to the left. My brother Paul is wearing a UCLA shirt. And, of course, I happen to be wearing the USC shirt. So, yes, um, my most sincere apologies to the Sooner Nation. I had no idea what would happen many, many years later that uh, SC would become a mortal enemy of the Oklahoma Sooners. And I, I want to apologize with all my heart. But, yes, it's right there on my Twitter page. We found that yesterday, and I'm like, uh-oh. I need, I need before this leaks on, like, TMZ or something, I need to get this out and let people see it. But I want to apologize. And I look like the goofiest. I'm, like, 13 years old, you know. Got that I'm just going through puberty look. Like, I, I just look 
like a total dork. I mean, I still am a total dork, but I even looked dorkier. And that picture is a very poor represent, representation of the uh, GQ supermodel-looking Mike Steely that would emerge about five years later. Uh, we had another list- another listener from the 918 says, I'm very disappointed in Steel Man for the USC shirt. His parents must have hated him. Well, <laughs> if, they, if they didn't then, I'm sure they do now. Oh, man. I'm looking at that picture now. I got my cousin Ronnie right down in front, and he's wearing a batting helmet and an OU T-shirt. There's my brother. You can barely see it, but he's got a UCLA shirt on. And uh, I, I, like I said, I had no idea, no idea that a vicious, backstabbing, lying scoundrel would completely, you know, change the way that that picture would look years later. I do not support that man. So, again, I apologize. 405-651-3439. What else do we have? Uh, We have another listener who is my spirit animal today and for the weeks to come. This listener simply texted in to say, Love my country, but don't like soccer. Yes and amen, listener. Yes and amen. You're not a soccer guy, Parker, huh? No, not at all. Are you? But, I mean, well, I mean, I guess I've learned to appreciate it a little bit more. I started following the Premier League a little bit more. I, not as much as I uh, I did a few years ago, but there's a good group out there called the Sooner Gooners. They're all uh, Arsenal supporters, and I picked Arsenal as my Premier League team because I think they have the coolest logo. But so I, I've learned a little bit more about it, um, and I've learned to appreciate it a little bit more. But to me, on the World Cup, it's just man, you, you just root for your country, man. You know, you don't want to lose to the Brits, do you? Come on, man. Back to the text line. All right, uh, go for it. Yeah, let's let's get one more before we get a break. Uh, tell us about the four commits this week. What do you see out of them? Well, you got to start with Ashton Sanders, who committed on Sunday. Uh, big, stocky nose tackle, a force on the interior. That's a guy that I think he has upwards of 50 quarterback pressures as a senior, which is an astonishing number for a nose tackle. So uh, he's a guy that's that's probably a little bit underrated right now. He probably takes a year when he gets to Oklahoma, probably red shirts, much like Alton Tarber and Cedric Roberts have. Uh, But this is a guy that has the opportunity to be a player down the line for the University of Oklahoma. Don't be fooled by – the small stature, six foot one. You don't got to be huge to be a force at nose. There's plenty of uh, plenty of examples of players who weren't the tallest individuals excelling at that position. You can think of a very prominent former Sooner and Kelly Gregg on that list as well. Uh, you got Taylor Wine, who committed on Monday, fast rising edge prospect. That may be a guy that works his way onto the field in situational scenarios in year one he's huge he's athletic he's well built and he just plays with his hair on fire man I've I've drawn the parallel between him and Colton Vosick and I think that's why the Sooners elected to offer wine in the first place was because he was about the closest thing to Vosick that was left on the open market after Vosick decommitted you got Kendall Dolby he committed on Wednesday Junior college All-American at the defensive back position. That is a plug-and-play option for the Sooners. At safety, at corner, at cheetah, he's versatile. He can do a little bit of everything. But that's a guy that should see the field next year without question in some capacity. And then the most recent commit yesterday, Jacob Lacey. We talked about him at the top of the show. That's a guy that 
has played in 37 games over four seasons at Notre Dame. So if nothing else, he is certainly experienced. He's going to come in. He's going to add depth. He's going to be a guy that you can rely on to take meaningful snaps. If there is no better alternative, and you would hope that some of these guys really pop off during the offseason, guys like Isaiah Coe and Alton Tarber really develop and take that leap. But if not, in Lacey, what you know is that you have a guy who is a plug-and-play option if you don't have anybody who's more physically gifted to stick in that slot. All right, let's keep those texts rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Mike Steely here at Riverwind. It looks spectacular out here. The renovation continues. They're getting close to finishing up all the renovations. There's plenty of game room floor available. They have new gaming areas at the Showplace Theater, on the Sky Bridge, at the River Lounge. It looks amazing out here. You know, they only do it first class out here at Riverwind Casino. Great to have you along for the ride today on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Let's come back, get to more text, talk more college football next right here on The Ref. We are back here on the Ref Friday edition, Steelman and Thune with you, and uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving out there. I am here at Riverwind Casino. I love Riverwind. Always uh, steak night, Friday nights at the River Buffet. It's big time. Tomorrow night, the River Buffet has seafood night. Sunday is a really, really good brunch, and they've got your favorite foods, uh, comfort foods, desserts, everything else. Uh, the other days that they are open out here at Riverwind Casino. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is a great option as well, and they've got a big-time food court. The renovations out here look great. If you haven't seen them, they are awesome, and they are almost getting closer to being uh, complete with all the renovations. But plenty of gaming still here. The gaming machines that they had to move are in the Showplace Theater or on the Sky Bridge or at the River Lounge. Uh, It is still a great place to come out and win. All right, uh, Team USA and England coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes will be the uh, the kick over in Qatar. Uh, and England is the favorite in Group B. Can the United States get a draw, possibly get a win? That would be huge. Obviously, if they get a win, it uh, would be gigantic, but a draw would even be nice today against England. All right, uh, Parker, let's get a few more texts in. Next hour, Brandon Drummond, my uncle, and more of your texts, 405-651-3439. Let's get back there now. One listener says the only thing that sucks worse than soccer is Texas. Another says soccer is way too slow and boring. Nothing ever happens. I'm glad that we have fellow soccer dissenters on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It makes me feel seen, makes me feel heard, makes me feel supported. So, Thank you all. Uh, True Sooner says, oh, this is interesting. This is a throwback. Mike, do you remember the plastic batting helmets we wore? I had a Reds one. 
Absolutely. You can see in that uh, true in that picture on Twitter, if you've seen it, I don't know if you have the one that everybody were laughing about because I was in a U- USC T-shirt as like a 12, 13-year-old kid back in the day. But uh, my cousin, Ronnie, right in front of me, has one of those batting helmets on. But those were you had to have one of those back in the day. Uh, you know, that if you were playing Little League Baseball, you were cool if you had a batting helmet, you know, that you could wear around rather than a baseball cap. Mine was the Oakland A's. The Reds were very popular back then, but uh, I went Oakland A's and uh, because I thought the A's were super cool because they were. I mean, they had, uh, they had the cool mustaches. I liked the uniforms, all of that stuff. But, yes, absolutely true. I do remember that big time. Uh, Patrick says, OU-Texas rematch in the bowl game this year. That's what we need. Is there, an av- like, is there a way that could happen, Steely? I don't think there is offhand. I think if OU and Texas were ever to meet up in bowl season, it would have to be in a college football playoff because every single one of these bowls, for the most part, to my knowledge, right, Steely, they have affiliations with two different conferences. Yeah, and, and you're talking about whether it's, uh, you know, the Alamo Bowl against an SEC opponent or, you know, um, the uh, – Guaranteed Raid Bowl would be one where you would play, you would match up with Big Ten there. Uh, Liberty Bowl, you'd match up with the SEC. The uh, the Texas Bowl would be SEC. But, there, you know, Plank was talking about this, and I agree with him. There are a lot of projection as, projections as to where Oklahoma might be going, and particularly if they beat Tech tomorrow. I mean, Oklahoma is still a big draw, big national uh, brand, obviously, and they're not having the season they're accustomed to, but they will still pull eyeballs to TV sets and or streaming uh, services. So Oklahoma is always going to be a, uh, you know, a, a big time pick for bowl games. So we'll see where they end up. But, yeah, I don't think I don't think that would happen. On today's installment. I, I don't know if that would ever happen outside the playoff, right? I mean. How about this text, Steely? On today's installment of At Least You're Not This Guy, one listener says, It's okay, Steel Man. I was in the first graduating class at Putnam City North, and we chose Cardinal Red and Gold as the school colors because of USC. Wow. How about that? But, see, PC North looks more like a maroon color, right? Uh, closer to, I don't know if it's completely, I guess it's pretty close. But, yeah, yeah, I I know. Look, we all make mistakes. The SC t-shirt was a mistake. And, again, I was a young, stupid, 12, 13-year-old kid. Uh, but it did uh, it did surprise me. Because I remember going and getting more UCLA stuff on that trip because UCLA was cooler, I thought, because of the basketball program won every single year. But I obviously I got one USC item, and I happened to be wearing it in that photo. So, again, my, my apologies. That was a long time ago. All right, here at Riverwind, want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company, 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. You need heating and air work done. They'll get it done for you. Professional service at a great price. All right, we've got another hour to go. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref.
And I am talking here at Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday, hour number two, brought to you by the uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great deal on a car, truck, SUV, or a pre-owned vehicle at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley, America. And you know about the great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Riverwind, uh, big night tonight, River Buffet, steak night, tomorrow night, seafood night, Sunday, tremendous brunch. And, again, if you haven't seen uh, some of the renovations out here, it looks tremendous. They're getting close to being done, not quite, but uh, you can still play all the games you want out here, over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, great poker room, best bars and dining, all right here at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Uh, Egg Bowl last night, Parker. Uh, it was Mississippi State going into Oxford and winning 24-22. So Mississippi State, 8-4 and for the regular season, and Ole Miss winds up 8-4 and as well. But all the talk has been about Lane Kiffin, the local TV guy, you know, tweeted out the story last week that Lane Kiffin's going to be the next head coach at Auburn. Well, Lane Kiffin was grilled by the media after the Rebels lost to Mississippi State last night when we asked about it last week but there's been a lot of talk about your future and whatnot do you feel like that was a distraction at all this week um i think when um it was falsely reported by john who's now famous congratulations um that you can just write whatever you want and i would do it too i think because you're never held accountable and you get to become famous and maybe you'll be right so john did it so then i had to have a team meeting to say his article was wrong um which would love to know these unnamed sources from John. But so, yes, I had to deal, had to have a team meeting because of that. They don't, when there's other stuff and chat rooms and all that stuff, but when a reporter writes, it changes the game with that. So, Lane, let me follow up and rephrase the initial question. If Auburn offers you its coaching position, do you anticipate being Ole Miss's coach next season? Uh, I do. There you go. Is this going to be another mule shoe situation, well, Parker, see, or do the, you think that Lane Kip, what do you think? The reporters, they took a cue. They learned their lesson from the mule shoe they debacle did. a year ago because they followed they, up and clarified. They got the receipt ready. They, yep, they made sure. They got the receipt ready. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was well done by whatever reporter that was that followed up. They said, just, just to be clear here, you're going to be coaching Ole Miss again next year because that, that of course, was what we all didn't do last year after Muleshoe said, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. What we failed to ask him was, so you're planning on being the head coach at Oklahoma next year? I, oh gosh, I will always wonder what his answer to that question would have been in that moment. Yeah, it would have been interesting. I mean, it, it, it was almost like that was a distraction, you know, because all we've been hearing, man, there are a lot of crazy things. People are uh, people at LSU are convinced they're getting Lincoln Riley, that Lincoln Riley is going to be the head, next head coach at LSU. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, USC was just kind of in the background, you know, and nobody was really thinking at all about USC. But, you know, that's why it was so crazy the morning after Bedlam. Uh, I wouldn't say – yeah, I, I still was shocked. I still was shocked. But, again, I think it was, a, I don't know, it was a little shell game, maybe that Muleshoe and uh, Trace Armstrong 
were playing to a certain extent. Um, so what do you think? What do you think that Lane Kiffin will be at Ole Miss next year? Would you take the Auburn job? Man, the Auburn job is, I don't know, it's like maybe you go out with the best-looking girl, you know, maybe in college or something, but you hear, man, she's really got an attitude. There are a lot of issues there, a lot of issues there. You know, you hear the stories, but you try and date her anyway, right? And maybe you're like, yep, they were right. That is an issue. Was this the Aggie girl for you, Steely? That's Auburn. No, I'm not talking specifically about me, but you know that something that kind of looks good and you kind of hear, yeah, but there's some issues there, man. You don't want to... You don't want to deal with that. That's Auburn because Auburn always feels to me like it has a black cloud over it. Auburn football. Yeah, I, and look. I, and I felt that way for a long time. It's, it, when, it's, when that job is done right, it's one of the best jobs in college football. The issue is nobody has done that job right in quite some time. Now, I... I think Auburn is an upgrade over Ole Miss in terms of opportunity, in terms of recruiting base, in terms of history and tradition. But, man, Lane Kiffin's got all he wants at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin can stay put at Ole Miss, make a crap ton of money. Expectations are going to be modest as it pertains to the product on the football field. As long as he wins eight, nine games a year, man, he's set. He's a guy that's bounced around a ton in his coaching career. I can imagine he's about ready to just be somewhere for a while. And it seems like he's really embraced being Ole Miss's head football coach. And it seems like Ole Miss is kind of a perfect cultural fit for Lane Kiffin and his bizarre social media personality. So, yeah, I think Lane Kiffin is still in Oxford next season. And I don't know who Auburn's next head coach is, but – I, you don't come out and disavow all of this reporting as vehemently as Lane Kiffin has if you are not serious about staying at Ole Miss. What are you hearing at Nebraska? <laughs> what aren't you hearing at Nebraska, man? It feels like every big name, every splash hire has been thrown out as a possibility from Matt Rule to Lance Leipold to Urban Meyer, to, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, what's the most bizarre one I've heard thrown out? Um, John Gruden. I, I Somebody said John Gruden. That was a thing. I, I still believe, well, and Kansas just locked up Lance Leipold with a long-term extension. That doesn't make him untouchable, but it makes the asking price much higher, and knowing what I know of the financial situation within the walls, at Nebraska, I'm going to go ahead and say that that takes Lance Leipold out of contention for the Nebraska job. So, with Leipold out of the picture, man, it's really hard. I Might it just be Mickey Joseph? Might they just remove the interim tag from Mickey Joseph? Is that? No, surely not. I, I would think surely, surely not, not right? too, because Nebraska is going to do something a bit more higher profile than that just because of... You know that's that's the way that they go about their business. They're gonna try to make. A Who would you out. rather have if you had, let's say, you're uh, Trev Alberts, and you had of the names that are really being floated out there that look realistic? Who would you rather have, Matt Rule or Lance Leipold? Oh, Lance Leipold. I'd rather have Lance Leipold, hundred percent. But you're not gonna get him, and it doesn't sound like the Matt Rule thing 
has a whole lot of legs to it at this point. So, man, it it might be a guy that none of us are considering. It might be a guy like Bill O'Brien who picked up a lot of steam uh, towards the beginning of that coaching search but whose name you haven't heard thrown around very much recently. It could be Matt Campbell. Maybe Matt Campbell is the mule shoe to Nebraska's USC. Maybe he's the guy that's just kind of been hanging around. Nobody's talked about him. But big name, splash hire, seems content at his current school, but for the right price might be willing to walk. How about Tom Herman? Oh, no. No on Tom Herman. Okay, I've just uh, was, I, that, just, was that was that a serious no. was that a serious no, that, recommendation? That, that wasn't that wasn't serious. Uh, Urban Meyer. I mean, you're always going to hear Urban Meyer's name out there. To me, Urban Meyer made more sense going to somewhere like Texas a couple years ago than, or even SC. Remember, there was speculation that uh, Urban Meyer might go to USC because he's up up there on. Uh, with uh, Reggie Bush and Matt Leinard on the pregame show before Bob Stoops came in for his season, but there was some speculation that he might be that guy. I, I think Urban Meyer to Nebraska, he's he's a scumbag in many ways, but he's also smart enough to know that Nebraska. I don't know if that's a winning situation. I really don't. Yeah. Even with a a good coach, I'm not sure that that's ever going to be a consistent. You know, we're going to compete for championships again kind of program. Let me throw one other name at you, Steely. And it's another name that we've heard some quiet buzz about, but I don't know that he's really considered a front runner right now. But he's very much in that same conversation as Campbell, right? A guy that's currently very well established at the school he's at. But if you could conjure up enough cash, maybe you could convince him to step away from the situation that he's in right now. That would be Mark Stoops. At Kentucky. And I look, I think Kentucky has to be one of the best jobs to have in all of college football because, let's be honest, I know Mark Stoops completely pushed back and kicked against the goads of this assertion earlier this year, but Kentucky's a basketball school, Mike. It is. And at Kentucky, as long as you are winning seven, eight games a season, which Mark Stoops has been able to do consistently in Kentucky. You have infinite job security. But at what point do you get tired of just winning seven, eight, nine games a year at Kentucky? And at what point do you want to really test your limits and try your hand at maybe piecing together a program that was once at the pinnacle of college football, was once atop the college football landscape, but has fallen upon some harder times recently and hasn't been legitimately in championship contention for two decades. Might Mark Stoops be at the point in his career where he's willing to step out on that limb and take that chance? I mean, you never know, but uh, he just got a nice new deal, and he's already the the winningest coach in Kentucky football history. You know, Bob went up there to uh, the uh, ceremony when they honored him earlier this year, and you're right, man, he's – Mark Stoops could drop off some four and sevens and three and eights for the next two or three years and still hang on to his job there. They they love Mark Stoops there. So I don't know. Uh, you know, it's always about money to a certain extent, but he's got a good situation. And as you said, he's his seat is about as opposite 
of hot as you can be right now in college football. And I know they've underachieved. They've had some injury situations this year. Maybe they've underachieved a little bit this year. But uh, he has done a fantastic job there, there is no doubt. All right, we're going to break. Uh, hang Go on, Steely. i got to get to one text before we hit a break. It comes from the 918. Muleshoe's answer would have been, yes, I'll be the coach at OU next year because, remember, he hadn't made a completely life-altering decision yet. That's true. It only took him two hours, something like that, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. All right, I'm here at Riverwind Casino, one of my favorite places to hang out. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Falls Valley for also sponsoring our second hour. Brandon Drum coming up at 1.35 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Also, when we get back, my uncle's performance, we call it that, or his... His uh, appearance, his appearance with T-Row early this morning. We'll have that next here on The Ref. Here at Riverwind, OEC Fiber, the very best and uh, the best casino experience in the metro area, the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. Mike Steele along with Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, post-Thanksgiving Day. I- I've got leftovers when I get home. I'm very excited about, I'm very excited about, I still have pie left over too, so I'm very happy, very happy. All right, uh, Baylor and Texas going at it right now in Austin in the third quarter. Parker, the latest I'm seeing is 1917 Baylor. They were driving, and uh, Baylor again a little over midway through the third quarter, still holding on to a lead over the Longhorns, 19-17 in Austin. So we'll see if the Bears can put some more points on the board in this game. If Texas loses this game, they would – Finish the regular season 7-5. and five. And, again, if the Sooners can get it done in uh, Lubbock tomorrow night, they, too, would finish the regular season 7-5. and five. But a lot of football left in Austin. And, of course, the Sooners will play tomorrow night against Tech at 6.30 at Jones Stadium. All right, every Friday during the football season, my uncle comes on uh, with T-Row. And uh, let's hear what my uncle had to say about this matchup between the Sooners and Texas Tech. Here it is. Well, every Friday at this time, 7.35, we are joined by an Oklahoma radio icon, Mike Steely's uncle. It has been an emotional ride through this 2022 season for uncle who has been jailed. Uh, he has he has battled some hard times uh, through the losses. Let's see how he's doing today coming off that bedlam win. Uncle, good morning. How are you today? Well, I must tell you, I'm coming off a 
horrible uh, Thanksgiving uh, dinner was a little short on funds for a big-time meal this year, T-Row. I laid 50K on OU in the over uh, 9.5 of the season. So, uh, obviously, that didn't work out. Whatevs, uh, we'll be back. So, I ended up having three or four Swanson Hungry Man dinners to uh, save a little money for Thanksgiving. Nothing wrong with a good Swanson's Hungry Man. I mean, maybe not on Thanksgiving, but always a delicious option. Uncle, at least you got the win over the Cowboys. That felt good, right? That's absolutely right. Old Mike Gumby went Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, conservative again. Pathetic. By the way, let me tell you what I'm thankful for. I am still thankful, I will tell you. I'm thankful for Joe Washington's silver shoes. I'm thankful for Thomas Lott's bandanas, Billy Sims boomers, Brian Bosworth's haircut, Daryl Ray's barbecue, Joe C.'s leadership, Seven Heisman's baby, Seven Natty's baby, plus Bud, Bob, and Barry, by God, Switcher. Wow. Wow, that was uh, that's impressive. That's a lot for us Sooner fans to be thankful for, Uncle. Well, we're all Sooners, right? This is all my Sooner fans, so just thank your lucky stars you're a Sooner. Now, Tiro, I will tell you, there is a chance that I will be joining you as a play-by-play guy, all right? Oh, really? Oh, wow, okay. We are trying out the OSGN, the OSGN, the Oklahoma (laughs) Sooners Geriatric Network. (laughs) Now, I will be doing play-by-play of Sooner Games Live at Oklahoma Rest Facilities for seniors who are hard of hearing, okay? Yeah. Last week's test run didn't go too well, though. I was out at uh, Boomer Gardens uh, Rest Facility, and during that first quarter against the Aggies in Bedlam, I got so excited I yelled so loud, Boomer freaking Sooner! <laughs> and 91-year-old Myrtle McDonald soiled herself. Oh, no. That's not what we want. It was a messy, very messy situation, so they kicked my ass out of there. I don't know if we'll give it a second test run, but I'm very hopeful. I love the idea. I would definitely be a consumer of your play-by-play. I would much rather hear that than the the fool they've got doing it right now. Now, how do you feel about this Texas Tech game? It's the regular season finale, Uncle, tomorrow night. Texas freaking Tech. I loathe the Red Raiders. I mean, West Texas gave birth to freaking Mule Shoe, that low-down, dirty scumbag. Lubbock is a barren, horrible place, drier than Mule Shoe's brisket, and their fans are pure scum. Just the worst of humanity, the absolute worst. And OU doesn't lose to a coach named Joey, period. In the land of Buddy Holly, the Sooners will not fade away. And OU will not lose to Tech. 
know why? Because that'll be the day when I die. Get it? I do, yeah. Buddy Holly remix today. I love it. Thank you. Sooner sixty four to four, baby. T Row sixty four to four. We got a problem giving up safeties. Yeah, we do. Uh, Danny, <laughs> Danny Stutzman's uh, scoop and score. CJ Colden, ninety seven yard pick six. And Drake Stoops dominates in Lubbock. Three T D catches and he will throw a touchdown pass wow. as well. Wow. Wow, wow, what a game. What a game. Scoop and score for Stutzman. 97-yard interception return for Colden. Three touchdown catches and a touchdown pass for Drake Stoops. And in the middle of all that, OU gives up two safeties on their way to a 64-4 win over Texas Tech. Uncle, anything else before you say goodbye today? Make sure that... Jeff Levy has a stopwatch up there in the booth and knows how to tell time. All right? Or I'll, All right. I'll, I'll jump up there myself and say, run the clock. <laughs> Will do. That's all Thank you, Uncle. About that. Enjoy the game. See ya. See ya. Uh, oh, boy. There you go, 64-4, to four, says my uncle. Uh, that would be an easy uh, cover for Oklahoma. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, we will make our picks before we get out of here. Hey, uh, Parker, do you want to take – why don't we take an earlier break here, about a couple minutes early. That way we can yeah. spend more time with Brandon Drum in the next segment. Sound all good? Right, all right. That sounds great to me. Let's do that. All right. Uh, we will update you on Texas Baylor when we get back, and we will talk sooner recruiting and more, mainly recruiting, of course, with our friend Brandon Drum, 247sportsounsider.com right here on an OEC Fiber Football Friday on The Ref. Stay with us. We are back. Brandon Drum joining us, 247sports, OUinsider.com. I'm here at Riverwind Casino, OEC Fiverr Football Friday. Our man Parker Thune back in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Texas, by the way, has just gone up 24-19 on Baylor. The Bears missed a 40-yard field goal. Texas gets the ball back. Long touchdown drive capped by a Roshan Johnson one-yard touchdown run. Uh, two minutes, 21 seconds left in the third quarter. Longhorns 24, Baylor 19. U.S. men's national team scoreless through 31 minutes at the World Cup with England over in Qatar. So uh, we'll see what happens there, and we'll keep you posted on everything happening score-wise. Uh, and, again, of course, uh, Tyler and Parker will do that for you as well uh, during Locked In beginning at 2 o'clock. Brandon, we appreciate your time, my friend. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, what do you think about this week for the Sooners with four new commits? You get uh, you get a, a pair of high school kids 
on the defensive line. You get a uh, defensive back from the JUCO ranks, and you get Jacob Lacey coming in through the uh, the transfer portal on the D line. What do you think overall? Uh, I mean, it can't you can't do any better than I mean. I guess you could do better that landing a five star or two, but uh, you can't ask for much more if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan on the recruiting trail that Oklahoma is going out there and getting guys that they feel can contribute and, uh, you know, help out in the long term moving forward in 23, 24, and 25 seasons and uh, even, you know, further on down than that. I do want to apologize. If you hear noise in the background, I have a cousin that played college soccer, and there's about 30 of us over at my aunt's house watching the World Cup. So uh, it's wild here. Brandon, I I ask this with my tongue firmly in my cheek, but – why is OU even bothering to recruit three stars? Why are they even bothering to recruit guys that are just going to be depth players that might see the field for three or four snaps a game at their peak at the University of Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, there are fans that, that think that. and like, I'm not hating on them for that. It's just so short-sighted. Um, you know, everybody kind of makes fun of the person that says, well, Sam Bradford and Baker Mayfield were three stars. Well, I mean, they were. <clears throat> but so were uh, a lot of other guys like Charles Walker. So was Jordan Evans. Uh, so was Zach Sanchez. Uh, so was Obo Okoronkwo. So was a host of other big-name players for Oklahoma, I believe. Teddy Lehman was a three-star, if I remember correctly. Rocky Kalmus. Um, a lot of those big-name guys. Derek Strait was a two-star. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot. Look, you can – Oklahoma's going to evaluate, and they're going to get guys that fit their system. And that's something that Venables even did when he was at Clemson. I believe Vic Burley was a uh, – not Vic Burley. What was a, uh, the, the tight end that's Vic one of the better? Vic uh, Beasley. I always say Vic Burley because he's a five-star D lineman in the 2023 class. But Vic uh, Beasley was a two-star tight end that, in high school that Venables found, recruited to Clemson, and turned him into the best defense alignment in college football. So, uh, I mean, it, it's you, you can't go off the stars all the time. Now, granted, 75% of five stars end up getting drafted uh, one way or the other, whether it's, you know, seventh round, first round, doesn't matter. Uh, but you still got to look at the fact that there's a good portion of three-star guys that end up in the NFL. There's a good – obviously because there's more of them – but if you evaluate the right guy, you get the right kid to come into the system, uh, you can turn just about anybody into a superstar. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was a three-star. Uh, so was, uh, well, Creed Humphrey was up until the very last update uh, when they turned him into a four-star. Orlando Brown was a three-star. There's so many guys in Oklahoma City. Trent Williams was a three-star that turned into being superstars that, you know, he, they evaluated them. They saw what they could be, their potential, and they harnessed that when they got them to Norman, and that's what Oklahoma looks to do with guys like Taylor Wine. And I think Taylor Wine is going to remind a lot of people of Colton Vasek, except for he's not from the state of Texas. And if he was from the state of Texas, you're looking at a four-star. And look, Parker, you and I both talked to the guys that are going to do the rankings, and they're, they're talking about moving him up and reevaluating where he stands uh, so there's a decent chance he ends up being a four-star when it's all said and done. 
Uh, Kendall Dolby has 30 offers. Nine of them we don't even have up on him because i got to update everything because he didn't tweet out every offer. And like West Virginia, several other schools that aren't on his list, they offered him. 30 offers, Juco defensive back. You can't tell me that he's not one of the best defensive backs in the country, if not the best defensive back in the country. So that was a big gift for Oklahoma. Then obviously you go to Ashton Sanders, and there's a lot of people think that he has the biggest upside as far as defensive linemen go because he's so raw and he, he hasn't been trained. He's just playing and doing what he does naturally. Uh, technique-wise, he has no technique. He's just playing. He's bigger, stronger, faster than everybody, and that's what he's playing with. So they, there's a lot of people in Norman that believe his upside may be the largest out of everybody. Uh, and then, <clears throat> obviously, when you look at Jacob Lacey, I mean, he contributed at Notre Dame. He played at Notre Dame. He was a good player for Notre Dame. He wasn't great. And at the end of the day, Oklahoma needs depth on the defensive line. And no matter how you look at it, no matter how you slice it, more talent, and maybe he fits what Oklahoma does better than he did at Notre Dame. And you, you may see somebody flourish uh, in Norman. Like, you never really know. So getting, getting guys like those four to come in that can play at some point and or start at some point, like I believe Kendall Dolby will probably end up playing quite a bit uh, in year one at Oklahoma. So uh, there, there's a lot of extenuating factors that are going to play into their, their playing time moving forward. But the upside for all – all those guys are much larger than a normal three-star, and Oklahoma did great evaluations. They're guys that if you watch their film and you don't come away uh, really impressed with any of those guys, I, you may not know what you're looking at. Brandon Drum with us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Mike Steely out here on an OEC Fiber Football Friday at Riverwind. So, uh, Oklahoma now 23 total commitments, Brandon, and it seems to me that uh, another commit, if, if, they, if it comes, is going to be a big one because you're talking about yeah. uh, Pey- Peyton Bowen or DJ Hicks or Damian Sanford or Cecilia Kana, maybe yeah. Jordan Allen flips from K-State. It would seem like the, the ones that are still out there for OU, unless there's somebody that we absolutely don't know about, would be – Really, really big down the stretch. Yeah, uh, look, this class has a chance to close out and be as high as number two, or they may stay at you know six, seven, eight range. So uh, there, there's there's a lot of movement that can be made, or it could just stay pat. Regardless, it's going to be really hard for Oklahoma to not have a top ten class at the end of the day because the transfer portal is going to get added into a lot of those things, and I expect Oklahoma with the transfer portal, and I think they're going to hit the transfer portal uh, quite heavily. I mean, you've got guys like, look, I think I believe uh, Kyrie Jackson from Alabama has hit the portal. Well, who was his coach at Alabama? It was Jay Bly. So you never know. Like, that could be, and, 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 and for people that don't understand or follow recruiting, he was down to Oklahoma and Alabama, um, visited Oklahoma. Uh, for the Sooner Summit back in 2020 during the COVID stuff, the stuff that the Williams family put on. So, I mean, Oklahoma has a chance to really hit the transfer portal hard, and that's going to play into the uh, overall standings of the recruiting rankings because that's what they do now. But as far as how Oklahoma closes out, whether it's D.J. Hicks, whether it's 
Damian Sanford, Cecilia Kana, uh, or uh, it doesn't matter, Jordan Allen, all those guys, uh, there's a chance that Oklahoma could end up with a number two class. I mean, you land, or Peyton Bowen, I mean, if they land Peyton Bowen, DJ Hicks, and Sanford, they're automatically up to number two. Like, that is, that will happen as far as the numbers go. And uh, there's a good chance that that happens. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you were, if you were going to make me a betting man right now, I like Oklahoma for DJ Hicks right now. I really do. That doesn't mean that it's going to end up happening, and I'm not, like, fence riding or anything. It's just that <clears throat> I'm of the, the, the mindset of fool me once uh, <laughs> type of deal. So uh, I've been fooled before. He was committed to Oklahoma for several months, ended up committing to Texas A&M when it came time for the public decision. Uh, so we'll see. He's got business to A&M coming up here tonight or tomorrow night. He's going to the L- uh, A&M-LSU game. And I-, I think on the grounds of how that game goes, the official visit, they the, a lot of people in his camp say that it's going to happen, but – once those in-homes start to take place and, you know, if Oklahoma goes out to Lubbock and handles business, I think it's going to be really hard to look at one program finishing hot and winning more than they lost in the season when the other programs at 4-8. and eight. So uh, it, this is going to get down really quick. And uh, another thing is, is everybody's leaving A&M. Uh, you just had a, uh, one of the top recruits in Johnny Bowen's he had decommitted from A&M. Now he's going to Oregon. So uh, this, uh, this, this whole A&M class could end up falling, falling to pieces here really quick. Brandon, you don't have to put – you don't have to try and put an exact number on it. But go ahead and give us a ballpark. As we look at the transfer portal, and not just the guys Oklahoma's mm-hmm. going to bring in, but the guys that are going to be pushed out or the guys that will leave of their own volition – how many departures do you think Oklahoma has via the transfer portal this offseason? And how many of those guys would you categorize as actual contributors for this football team right now? Whew. Oh, man. Way to go, Parker, on that question. Uh, I, I don't know. Par- you, I think you kind of, we talked about this on our live the other day. I think we both kind of agreed 7 to 10 was kind of the number that we looked at as far as the departures. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of big contributors leave. I mean, you may have one here or there, but I think for the most part it's going to be guys that, okay, you expect to leave. Uh, On the flip side, incoming, I think you're going to have – I think you could have seven to ten guys come in from the transfer portal, and I think uh, more than half will be big contributors when they get to campus. I think just like this year, a lot of the transfer guys ended up playing quite a bit, if not starting for Oklahoma. So um, I, I think you'll see that again this year uh, going into 2023. Uh, and it's not that Venables wants to build on the transfers, but I think it's more so it, the transfer portal is going to allow him to develop those young guys. And I think in 24, 25, 26, you're going to see less transfer portal guys come in and more of the uh, guys that have been on campus being the contributors uh, week in and week out for Oklahoma that they recruited out of the high school ranks. And I think from that point on, you'll, you'll see, I think, minimal transfer portal action from Oklahoma, much like Clemson, much like Alabama, much like a few others. They're going to nitpick a few stars here and there, but I don't think they're going to build 
the whole their, the, the majority of their their roster off the transfer portal like like they've had to over the last few few years just because that's just uh, the nature of the beast when you lose a coach and people transfer out. So, uh, but I, I do think it'll be seven to ten leaving, and I don't think very many will be big time contributors. Some, not very many. Uh, but I think a lot of the guys that do come in on the flip side, I think Oklahoma will have a lot of guys that contribute and maybe start for Oklahoma in 2023 that were transfers, if that makes sense. Brandon Drum uh, joining us as he does every Friday on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, appreciate you. We will uh, talk again soon. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, guys. Brandon Drum, 247sportsounsider.com. All right, break time right here. Mike Steely with you at Riverwind Casino on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. And we've got one more segment ahead. And I want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley as well for sponsoring our second hour. We'll, uh, we'll pick the Sooner score. Some of you may already know Parker's. You don't know mine, and I don't know Parker's. Maybe we'll pick the same score again. It's happened twice already. So we'll do that. When we get back right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Hey, uh, Parker, if you would, uh, you might dig up, and there's no date on it, but the Mighty Quinn, because the Mighty Quinn, (laughs) not so mighty. If you can find that, you can roll it. We'll play for Quinn Ewers. I think it's just in there under the Mighty Quinn, or maybe it's under just the Mighty Quinn. What? So I... I haven't been able to pay attention to this game consistently. What is happening? Well, fourth quarter, I'm looking at ESPN right now. I was watching it, and then I uh, decided I've got to pack up stuff. So now I'm just looking at the ESPN summary. Uh, Quinn Ewers sacked by uh, A. Walcott, minus 17 yards. Quinn Ewers fumbled, forced by A. Walcott, recovered by Baylor G. Hall, returned for a touchdown. 27 24. You'll not see nothing like the mighty wind. Bring it up. Come on with it. You'll not see nothing like the mighty wind. I love it. Quinn Ewers and the Longhorns are down. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 27 24 in the fourth quarter. We'll see. How would you grade Quinn Ewers' season, Parker? <laughs> well, A against Oklahoma and D minus against everyone else. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I think that's very fair. Can we play the Mighty Quinn one more time? Of course. Of I'm course. just picturing this highlights of Baylor sacking him. He also got uh, sacked for a safety earlier. So this is for the Mighty Quinn again. Quinn Ewers struggling. Texas down 27-24 in that game at DKR. All right. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if the Horns can come back. U.S. men's national team in England at half. No score in that match over in Qatar, uh, Qatar at the uh, World Cup in Group B. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead and pick this football game. Parker, I have not seen your pick, but uh, I am going to give you mine. Now, we have done this twice this year, right, where we picked the exact same score? Uh, yes, we have done this twice in the last month. Two out of the last four games, we have picked the exact same okay. score. Sooners are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup, and uh, I have Oklahoma covering. I have Oklahoma winning this football game 34-30 to tomorrow night. Sooners win 34-30. to I believe the over and under was at, uh, it was either 62.5 or 63. So I'm going Sooners to win this game 34-30 tomorrow night. What say you? Well, I was actually, I, I have a little bit more faith in the Sooners than you do, which is odd, Steely. Uh, but I'm going with Oklahoma 38-21 to in this football game. So, Give me the under and give me the Sooners to cover and cover in a big way. Uh, I think they're going to have a pretty – I wouldn't call it an elite offensive performance, but I expect them to put up numbers on this Texas Tech defense. And I don't expect the defense for Oklahoma to be quite as good as it was a week ago, but plenty good enough to win this game convincingly in Lubbock. There you go. Sooner fans uh, would certainly take that. And uh, don't forget, we have Oklahoma basketball tonight on uh, ESPN2. You don't have to worry about ESPN Plus tonight. Uh, ESPN2, Oklahoma Seton Hall at the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando, Oklahoma, in the opening round, beat Nebraska 69-56. to They will play the Pirates of Seton Hall tonight. That game again at 7 o'clock. It'll be the last game of the day. You know, with those tournament games, it might start a little bit later, depending on what happens uh, in the game before. But, again, 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN2. Thunder play tonight as well. Oklahoma City hosting the Bulls. Uh, the Thunder is 7-11 and 11 on the season. Chicago's 8-10. and 10. That game tonight, 7 o'clock at the Paycom Center. And we've got more football today. Afternoon games coming up. Missouri. Um, and Arkansas on CBS at 2.30. You have uh, Arizona State and Arizona on FS1. Uh, that'll be starting here in about the next 10 minutes. you got NC State North Carolina, 2.30 on ABC. Uh, Nebraska at Iowa on the Big Ten Network at 3 o'clock today. And then uh, UCLA at Cal, 3 o'clock on Fox today. And later tonight, 6.30 on ABC Florida Gators and the Florida State Seminoles at 6.30. So hopefully you've got plenty of uh, Thanksgiving leftovers. You can make yourself a nice turkey or ham sandwich and got plenty of uh, stuffing or dressing left over, and you can enjoy uh, some football. So 
All right, uh, Parker, have yourself a safe trip. Down to West Texas, man. I think you're making the right move driving during the daylight. There's uh, apparently a lot of wildlife that loves to hug the side of the road in West Texas late at night. Oh, don't I know it. I've made that drive once before, Steely. Not a drive I was about to make in the dark. There you go. The White Buffalo will be heading out tomorrow to Lubbock, Texas. And our pregame show tomorrow, 1.30 right here on the ref. Everybody, have a fabulous Friday. Thank you, Riverwind. Riverwind. And thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Appreciate you guys as well. Let's get locked in. Sooner football news, a lot of recruiting news and more with Parker and Tyler McComas coming up next right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref.